On the morning of December 8th, the mom Facebook groups and messaging boards in Petaluma, California, right outside of Sonoma and Napa wine country, started blowing the hell up. There were rumors of an attempted kidnapping of two small children in the parking lot of a local shopping center. Details were scarce. Moms were panicked, and news reports were still coming in. Of course local mothers were terrified, because kidnapping is one of those mom fears that starts the second you see those two little lines on a pregnancy test. All of the moms were texting each other, trying to piece it together. Who was the mom? Who were the kids? Who were these potential kidnappers? And why did all of this go down in a Michael's Craft Store parking lot? The story slowly started to come together. These accusations were made by a woman named Katie Sorensen. She's a content creator and aspiring mom influencer who didn't just report this attempted kidnapping to the police, but broadcast it in real time to all of her Instagram followers. Monday of this week, my children were the targets of attempted kidnap, um, which is such a weird thing to even vocalize. Um, but she eventually got about 4.5 million views on that video. Overnight, she went from about 6,000 Instagram followers to 80,000. That took her from micro-micro nano-influencer to the realm of pretty powerful mom-influencer. But the police found no evidence that Katie Sorensen's children had been potentially kidnapped. In fact, the Latino couple that Katie accused of trying to kidnap her children had no idea that they had even been accused at all on social media. Petaluma police pretty quickly cleared the couple, Sadie and Eddie Martinez, of any wrongdoing. The Petaluma police also issued a statement indicating that Katie Sorensen's story about this attempted kidnapping had, quote, inconsistencies. Now, that was back in December. And a couple of weeks ago, my phone started blowing up. Text messages, DMs, all the ways that you guys talk to me. Because Katie Sorensen had been charged with two counts of making false reports, once to a police dispatcher and once to a police officer. Each of these charges has a maximum penalty of six months in jail. Now, you might remember that we mentioned Katie Sorensen on the podcast when all of this was going down. We were talking about the lengths that some influencers would go to in order to get attention, in order to grow an audience. I don't know what Katie Sorensen's motivations were. I don't know if she was genuinely afraid for her children's lives. But all of this is worth talking about. And when the news broke that Katie had been charged, all of you wanted to talk to me about it. It felt so good. It made me so happy because I missed talking about this so much. It's not the same trying to talk to my husband about it at night where I'm like, oh my God. And he's just like, I don't know who the fuck these people are and I do not care. So let's get into this story. This right here is a bonus episode. It's not gonna sound as pretty as the other episodes because I had to beg to make it because we don't get a budget until we get a season two. I have been told that there will be a season two and I will keep saying it over and over again to make sure that it happens. So just bear with me if this episode does not sound as beautiful as the other episodes because at least we're here and we're doing this. And that's half the battle, my friends. Today, we are going to talk about what the hell happened in Petaluma. I'm Joe Piazza, and this right here 
is under the influence. The second that I saw this story about the Petaluma mom influencer, I called you because you have carved out a niche for yourself. You are a mom influencing journalistic expert. You've written so many articles this year, but you're also like me, fascinated by this world in a probably unhealthy way. (laughs) Totally. That is Sarah Peterson. When we recorded this episode, Glynis had just gotten her second COVID vaccine and she was feeling like complete shit. Like she felt like she got knocked over by a truck and I still called her and was like, hey, can you talk about mom influencers with me? And she didn't return my call. That's not to say that Sarah Peterson, who we're talking to right now, is not amazing. Sarah and I became friends on the internet while I was reporting under the influence. I actually made a lot of wonderful and incredible new friends on the internet while making this podcast, and I hope that one day we can have some kind of raging kegger where I get to meet all of you in person. Hold me to that, people. Hold me to that. But for now, I can only talk on the phone, which is why I called Sarah. Sarah has been reporting on mom influencers for more than a year now, and she actually just landed a book deal with Beacon Press for a whole goddamn book about mom influencers. She knows her shit. And I wanted her to go through the basics of this Petaluma mom influencer attempted kidnapping case about exactly what happened in December in the parking lot of a Michael's craft store. Can you give me a rundown? Because I think this story is confusing. Um, What exactly happened in Petaluma in December? So in December, Katie Sorensen, the same day, I believe, made a video from her car, I think in the parking lot of Michael's where everything went down. The fact that this happened in the parking lot of a Michael's, Michael's craft store, it reminds me of how in the first season of Serial with Adnan, everything went down in the Best Buy parking lot. So true. So true. So this Michael's parking lot situation is like the Serial Best Buy. A hundred percent. Under the influence. I just want to say that because, we, you know, we're, we're just like Serial. Uh, you're the same thing. <laughs> same There's same thing. really no difference. Millions of downloads. <laughs> so she goes to get a few things at Michael's with her two kids. She makes a big point, I don't know why, of saying that she parked far away because she's a double stroller and doesn't want to inconvenience people with her double stroller. And then says definitively twice that she, her kids were the target of an attempted kidnapping. She doesn't say something weird happened. They might have been, you know, victims of a uh, targeted kidnapping. She says definitively they were targets of a attempted kidnapping. But let's talk about the videos because she's talking into the camera. It's like selfie mode, yep. right? And she looks genuinely scared, but she looks ge- like she, she also looks good, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like her skin is really glowy. <laughs> it is. I don't know what her morning routine is. <laughs> her hair is smooth. Yeah, she's got a cute little hat. Okay, so she posts this video. What else does she say in the video? Because she identifies these people pretty specifically. Yeah. So hold on. I have a quote that really sort of floored me. This part of the video you can't find anymore, but somebody did. Um, It's an NBC News article. 
And she says in the video that the man was accompanied by a woman and they gave her the quote, heebie-jeebies. Then she goes on to say, I didn't feel good, but I thought I was judging a book by its cover. They were not kind. That sounds bad, but they weren't clean cut individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And so let's make this clear. This is a, this is a Latino couple. Yes. Um, in Petaluma, California, where I used to spend a lot of time, Nick and I even thought about moving to Petaluma oh, wow. before I decided that, you know, I need to be in Philadelphia where people just say fuck you to, to your face. Because <laughs> totally. my thing um, about California is that people are really nasty behind your back. Yeah. If this happened in Philadelphia, if someone thought someone were threatening their kids, they would open the car door and be like, get the fuck away from my kids, motherfucker. Right, <laughs> right, right. Whereas I feel like this just feels sneaky just going on Instagram and saying this about this couple and then the couple has no idea that it's even happening they find out later they find out later that they have been accused of kidnapping this woman's child yes um, children many children so tell me how that went down so there was a screenshot um and I think the police released the screenshot and the couple's daughter saw it and said uh mom I think this is you And so they were super freaked out because they were like targeted on like hashtag save the children, which is a hashtag about, you know, child trafficking and goes into QAnon stuff. And they, you know, immediately declared their innocence. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, so the police looked into everything. The charges were dropped. They found no evidence to corroborate Katie Sorensen's story. And just recently, um, Katie Sorensen was charged with two misdemeanors, two counts of making false reports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she did. She reported this to the police. Yes, twice. Once mm-hmm. to a dispatcher and once to an officer. Um, but she did that at the same time as she was broadcasting this to her Instagram account. Right. Her accusations, they went viral. They were mm-hmm. viewed, I think, according to some reports, more than... 4.5 million times. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's scary. Super scary. So the couple, you know, were horrified by this and said they were looking for, I think, a nativity scene for their grandkids. I mean, I know. Come the fuck on. I know. The story, like the details of the story just blow me away. He at the time was wearing a Black Lives Matter sweatshirt, which I mm-hmm. think is just a really interesting detail. And she has become really active in race relations um, since this has happened. She did a press conference basically talking about this and said that she was targeted for shopping while being brown. And she says she's scared to go back to Michael's because she thinks, you know, there's like a target on her back. Everyone should be able to go to Michael's. (laughs) Get those scrapbook little like fluffy blue boots for the baby books. I'm not mocking Michael's. Fucking love a Michael's. I mean, it's very soothing. (laughs) Michaels is soothing. In fact, maybe I'll go to Michaels right now while we take a quick ad break. When we come back, Sarah and I are going to talk way more about this case and why it seems to be fueled by a very disturbing attention economy. Be right back. The 
Grandma Mom Facebook pages blew up. Mom Facebook pages all over the country blew up when this story broke. And people, I don't want to speculate too much, but people did begin to speculate about why she did this. Was she genuinely afraid? Or some people wondered whether or not this was a hoax to try to get more attention and more followers on Instagram. Right. I mean, her count, her, her follower count rose dramatically after this happened. Again, like, I don't want to do too much speculation, but I, I did some research into this and I want to throw a couple of things out there. You've, uh, we've all heard of Munchausen syndrome, right? Yeah. yeah you know, it, right. it was in like TV movies of the week where moms get their kids sick so that they get more attention. Yes. Yes. That's Munchausen by proxy. And then there's Munchausen syndrome where you pretend to be sick. Um, or have a crisis to get more attention. There's actually a phenomenon now called Munchausen by internet, which people pretend to have a crisis on a social media platform in order to get more attention. Interesting. It's a real thing. Wow. And it's people putting themselves out there, either saying they're sick, their kids are sick, or they're in some sort of crisis situation because they crave attention. And the fact of the matter is attention is also a very basic human need. Yeah. I was reading this story in The Guardian written by Leo Benedictus. The headline was why attention seeking is the defining need of our times. You know, he quotes this psychologist, Dr. Jeff McDonald. He's a psychologist at the University of Toronto who says attention is one of the most valuable resources in existence for social animals. Yeah. People have become even more desperate for attention and frankly addicted to attention Mm -hmm. because of social media. And so I think, again, we're speculating and I don't want to speculate too much. And I don't, you guys have listened to the episodes. I don't want to trash this woman. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to put on my like, I don't know your life. Right, right. Snap, snap. I don't know your life. Well, it's more just a lens through which we can look at this phenomenon, right? Like, take away the particulars and the specifics. Like, it is a lens through which to sort of look at how that need, that very human need for attention will impact people's behavior. Well, and absolutely. And so I want to take a step back. Even if she genuinely thought that these people were going to kidnap her children, as a mother, my first instinct would not to be not be to go on Instagram to tell the world that someone was trying to kidnap my children. My first instinct would be to get my kids and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So that that I think it's that instinct to go on Instagram that is making people so interested in this and curious about why she did this. Because in a moment of crisis, I would not feel a need to broadcast that. Well, so she says in the video, the part of the video that's still available, um, that she, the reason she's doing it right then and there is because she really wants to draw attention to this and to make people aware. She makes this interesting comment about, you know, we're also focused on protecting our kids by wearing masks, but we're forgetting to protect our kids by just keeping them with us. So she says the reason she's doing it right then in the moment is to create more awareness. I still think that in a moment as a mother with adrenaline going, I don't, again, I, this is so hard because I don't want to judge other mothers, but your, my first instinct would not be to, to do a PSA. 
No. Or I'd call my best friend because my husband totally wouldn't believe me. He'd be like, <laughs> I mean, I would call someone, but it would, would not be Instagram. Would I would all, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, no matter why Katie did this, we don't, we don't know. We can't talk to her. I've tried right. to reach her. can't reach her. Yep. What I do want to talk about is how the press covered this because we talk about this a lot in Under the Influence, how the entire media is very condescending mm-hmm. to the modern industrial complex. And frankly, that was also the case here. Had Katie had another job, like what if Katie were an accountant mm. or a dental hygienist? Would that career be in the headline? Would it have said local accountant, Katie Sorensen, right. a couple of kidnapping? But instead, because she's a mom influencer, which is something that the media patently believes is ridiculous, it was in the headlines, but it wasn't just in the headlines. It was put in quotations. Mom influencer was put in quotations in both NBC and SFGate, which is the digital arm of the San Francisco Chronicle, as if it were a fake job. Ooh. So yeah, I'm looking at the, like, I read a bunch of the BuzzFeed articles and they did not put it in quotes. But yeah, that is really, I guess to play devil's advocate and to be annoying, I would say that maybe putting it in the headline is drawing attention to the fact that she has the power to reach more people than say an accountant or a dental hygienist. Maybe. Yes. Yes. That's fair. But also come on. Like I've written headlines forever. Like that is clickbait. Totally. Totally. And putting it in quotes is definitely gross, 100%. Putting it in quotes is gross because, it, it, we, as we've established, no matter what you think about her or what she did, being a content creator on yeah. the internet is a job. So by putting it in quotes, it's like you're um hula hoop enthusiast. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. And it, and it immediately putting it in the headline like that immediately discredits her story, whether or not, you know, it should be just, you know, that that's not their job to discredit a story. It's not their job. Their job is to report the news, right? Report the news and tell me what happened. But Mm -hmm. by putting it in quotes, by putting that in the headline, I think you are automatically putting a lens on this story and not letting us make that decision for ourselves. And I, I don't, that's, that's why I like want to check out of the entire news industrial complex these days. Um, I think we're going to hear more from this story. I think we're going to hear more about it. I wanted to do this bonus episode. I think about 317 people sent me this story in a DM on Instagram. And I was yeah. like, I, I cannot not address it. And it does, we'll talk more about this in season two, about the science behind attention and how even if your job is creating content on the internet, of course, you're personally enjoying the attention that you're getting from it. Because right is a basic, I mean, it is a basic human need. I think it may even be in Maslow's hierarchy of needs somewhere, maybe in a, hold on, I'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> in the Guardian story, it says Abraham Abraham Maslow, you know, the Maslow. Oh, I know. <laughs> put, put belonging into his famous hierarchy of needs in 1943. Belonging, attention, the fact that we want people to pay attention and care about what we're doing. So, right. That's, we're gonna all right. We're gonna do a whole episode on attention and the, the need for attention in season two, and we're also gonna follow up on this story about Katie, who again, like, I really do want to know her skincare routine because she looks 
looks beautiful. I always think that if I'm ever caught in a crisis and the news, <laughs> newspaper has to quickly grab a screenshot of me from something, they're going to grab one where I look like sloth from Goonies. <laughs> I always think I'm going to look like a fraggle. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's true. Like it's good. Like they're, like they're going to be like, instead of journalist <laughs> or writer did something ridiculous. It'll be like sloth, sloth from Goonies. <laughs> totally. Or a sweaty red fraggle. In- I will never look as good as Katie Sorensen did in that screenshot. No, on a is- good day. And I, but I also do think that there has to be, no matter why she did it, it's and it's terrible that she also targeted. I mean, we know it's it's this story has so many levels because there's the accusing someone of kidnapping, but there's also the, it's a white woman accusing a Latino couple of a kidnapping in such racially charged times. Um, I can't help but think would this story be different if she accused like a creepy pasty white guy wearing pleated khakis? Of I kidnapping? mean, I think it one hundred percent would. I think it a hundred percent would. I mean. That is terrifying to have your face out on the internet associated with kidnapping and especially with the hashtag save the children, millions of people, you know, check that hashtag. And that's really, really scary. And I think that cannot be taken lightly in this story. No, no, it can't be. And thankfully the Martinez's are, have been, they were they were never charged, but and their names are being cleared. And I'm so glad that they're speaking out and saying, right, we do feel that this was was racially motivated. It has some sympathy for her and just has to as a fellow mother. I, I, she made a bad decision, and it brings me back to cancel culture too. And the fact that these stories get so much attention, will this will this ruin the rest of her life? I I don't know why I think it won't, but I do. I just think white women do get the gift of, you know, like the cat with nine lives. Like I do think there's just built-in second chances for white mm-hmm. women in a, you know, not fair way, obviously. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, but it could, but it might color the rest of her life. And it's just, it's, again, that's just something that's interesting to think about. That yeah. One moment. Right. Putting something online. Yes. Yeah. going to affect you and your kids. So I guess, I guess the moral of this story, what moral, <laughs> number one, try not to look like sloth in thoughts <laughs> that are on the internet, because it will, it could end up on the cover of the New York Post one day. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if I were in like a biplane crash, it would be like I'm sure of me looking like myself would be on the cover. Biplane crash. Yeah, because I'm like, what would happen to me? I'm like definitely a biplane crash. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Or like a tragic trampoline accident. <laughs> That's what would happen to me. But I think you know the other more like think before you post. People. Yeah. Yeah. Think before you post. Yeah. Think a goddamn breath, everybody. Yep. <sighs> That's me taking a breath. Calling <laughs> the Petaluma Police Department. If you have questions about the coronavirus, please visit socoemergency.org or call 211. 
I do want to say we tried to reach out to the Petaluma Police Department. Hi, this is Joe Piazza. I'm a reporter from iHeartMedia, um, and I'm working on a story about Katie Sorensen. We left a message with the chief of police and got no response about this story. We also attempted to reach out to Katie Sorensen and to Sadie and Eddie Martinez. You guys will be the first to know if anyone gets back to us. I miss you guys. I miss Under the Influence. I miss talking about this shit all the time. I really do. And that is why I'm just so happy that we are about to start reporting season two. Because the world needs this. And I like to do good things for the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will be back very soon. And I promise, if another influencer scandal blows up, I'm here for it. I will do all the bonuses. All of the bonuses. Even if it drives our producer, Emily, a little bit crazy. It's okay, Emily. I'll drink tequila with you at 10 in the morning. Goodbye, everybody. Talk more soon. Under the Influence is reported and hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Emily Marinoff is our producer. Our theme and additional music was composed by Jessica Kreinchich. Many, many thanks to Sarah Peterson for joining me today. And thank you to Oren Rosenbaum at UTA. I just realized that other people thank their agents and their credits, and I thought I should give Oren a big thank you. Thank you, Oren. You're the best. Maybe we could put this at the end of the episode, but um, note to Emily, wouldn't it have been funnier if we had recorded this whole episode from inside of a Michaels? Just inside, like, the scrapbook aisle at Michael's season two, maybe it's on the to-do list. Thanks, Emily. You're a goddess.